Hello and welcome to another edition, episode number 53 of the Lab Epstein Hitting Podcast. And, you know, I got to tell you, as we come to you broadcasting, we're not recording on a Monday, we're broadcasting on a Saturday, May 1st, the year of our Lord, 2021. I come to you with some mixed emotions today. And you might be asking, well, why, Jim, you're always so happy. But I'm confused. I'm disappointed, uh, bewildered, if you will. And and some of you might be saying, well, I watch you every week on YouTube with Epp and, and I listen to you every week and you always sound that way. True. But the reason I'm bewildered and disappointed, maybe a little bit sad, quite frankly, is because the league batting average, I looked this up this morning, it's at 232 as we speak to you on May 1st, 2021. Now, if you would have told me that the league batting average May 1st, 2021 would be 232 five, seven years ago with the new analytics and the launch angle phenomenon and exit velocity and all these things seeping in to baseball, I would have had the same emotions. And meanwhile, pitchers continually just get better and go up on the upslope. It's kind of sad, quite frankly, as I said. And uh, it's perfect, though. Because good, we've got good news. And here's why it's perfect. Because today, our subject, our main topic is overcoming slow starts. It's funny how it's just sometimes in life things work out. Hey, my name is Jim, for those of you who don't know. And joining me, as always, is my friend, co-host, professional evaluator, successful business owner, the people's champ. Did I miss any titles? I don't think I did. Jake Epstein, how are you, sir? Big fan of the people's champ. Mm -hmm. That's new. Mm. Big, big fan of it. I will say greatest intro of podcast history right there. Right. I want to do something a little different this week. And I, I was thinking about this last night. I was watching the Mets and the Phillies last night a little bit. And I was watching college baseball as well. And you know, it, more so on the major league side, I'm seeing just kind. We've talked about this on the show before, just constantly over and over again. And we'll get to this in a second of guys just missing pitches, hanging sliders, breaking balls, fastballs. But the league batting average, as I mentioned, 232. And I mean, we picked on the Cubs enough and they're not even in the bottom five anymore. And you'll see people watching. They'll see it on the graphic. They're not even in the bottom five anymore with the lowest batting average in the league, slugging, OPS, everybody is down. But you look at some of the teams in the bottom five, and those teams, by the way, their batting averages, and I heard this last night, and I did some more research today, this morning, their batting averages would be in the top 15 lowest batting averages of all time. Those bottom five teams that people are now seeing on the graphic, it's unbelievable the horrible numbers and I don't care, you know, look, you can only have a slow start so much to a point where you're a month into the season here. Yeah, it's it's what it is. There's so many, you know, I looked at the the Brewers beat the Dodgers, you know, last night. Uh, was it three to one? Mm-hmm. It was three to one. And it's like, you know, there were like eight hits in the whole game, nine hits in the whole game. Yeah. And if we don't hit the home run right now, then we're not scoring any games. You know, the Yankees scored 10. I think they hit like five home runs or something like that, you know, and that's kind of where the game is. I think there is a, there is a problem with that. And I think a lot of it is approach. I think a lot of it is we're not using the term. Uh, for instance, there was something like uh, Stanton ha- is hot, right? He's had three games where he's had three hits in those games and, and they say oh he's a stat cast machine exit velocity machine he's just a big strong guy right. like if he hits the barrel it's it's going to be hard 
because he launches it low too. Mm-hmm. If Dave Winfield got three hits in the game, I guarantee you his exit velocity was off the charts too. Yeah. But we're making such a big deal out of that now that it's playing a role that really isn't needed. You know, there's guys that don't light up the stat cast, but they're, you know, three ten hitters and they score a lot of runs and they get on base. Like, who cares if you can hit a ball 105 miles an hour mm-hmm. versus 115, 105 still going out of the park. Yeah. And if you can be more consistent in 105 because you're a fully grown person than somebody that's not consistent at 115, then you're going to be a better hitter and you're going to get paid for it. So I just think there's the, the language, there's there's too much put on this this new language and it gives it a bad row. It's all about eggs of loss. It's all about launch angle. I've, I mean, you could call the reason they use the word launch angle because I thought somebody put a tweet out. I don't know if it was Jeff Fry or somebody that put a tweet out like, you know, the term launch angle is what screwed everything up. But if they just called it like an exit angle, you know, or something like that. But launch angle is a golf term. Like they've been using the term launch angle for, you know, probably 20 years, 25 years yeah. with, you know, with, with the advent of, you know, TrackMan, right? So the, they didn't make up a new word. They're just kind of using that word, but it has created kind of a negative connotation out there because that's what players are trying to get. There was a stat and I, I wish we had it. Maybe we can look it up and put it in the podcast. And it was like, uh, was it Bellinger? It was the MVP race, right? Between Bellinger and Yelich a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Was that 19? Yeah. Um, and it had like their stats were almost identical, like their on base percentage, their home runs, their RBIs, their batting average. And it was like, or maybe it was Mookie Betts. It may not have been Belger. It may have been Mookie Betts, but it was like, but I, I know it was, no, it was, it was, it was, it was Bellinger because they were, they were in. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. I don't yeah. know why I saw Betts though. Well, that's, yeah. It. But yeah. Everything, all their stats were the same except the average launch angle. Like, um, yeah. you know, Yelich's average launch angle was like, I don't know, four degrees, you know, because it's not on hits, but it's yeah. a- average overall. And then Bellinger's was like 18. Right. And it's like, well, right. these are two guys with two completely different swings, but they can still be good hitters. Yeah. You know, it's, it's what is your miss? And that's what I always tell my players. I always, what, what's your miss going to be? Like, obviously, we want to hit line drives. Honestly, you know, we, we want to be in the, you know, like 12 degree to 25 degree range with our launch angle, right? But we're going to miss. Yeah. What is your miss? Are you a fast guy? I want your miss to be lower. Are you a big, slow person? I want your miss to be in the air because if you're big and slow and you're still playing, you're strong and your misses that are in the air might go out of the park. Yeah. But your misses on the ground might be a double play. So it's how we control our misses based on the kind of player we are. Mm-hmm. And that's a really important part of the equation when I'm teaching players is, is, is knowing, you know, where do we want to miss? Do we want to miss on the top of the ball or the bottom of the ball? And then we can kind of cater their swing plane after that. Yeah. Um, and I do, I'm sure you have more, but I want to talk about judge a little bit. Yeah. Um, I just read Go something ahead. a few minutes ago. So <laughs> again, it's, it's Saturday, the, the first of May and, and our actually, year of our Lord, 2021. So it, you know, I just clicked on MLB, you know, dot com. I usually take a look at that in the mornings, and it said, you know, judge this, and he he made a swing change over the last couple of days. Sure. And so I'm like, oh, 
I love to hear about this kind of stuff. We're talking about slow starts today, right? Maybe I should save the story for the slow starts, but well, we're into the topic now. We're doing we're doing a little bit of a different format today. Yeah, yeah we're hitting right. we're hitting we're hitting people. We're hitting them fi- figuratively. Hitting them early, and then we'll talk early. about my, my um, car story after that. Well, you have a you have a you said you had a rabbit going down a pipe or something. Yes, I, I had the figuratively. Old we don't want Peter pipe. to come after us or any animal yes. rights groups because we love That's animals. Right. We both have dogs. It wasn't on purpose, right? So judge raised his hands, right? He said, I changed my stance. I raised my hands. So again, we're talking about a slow start, right? So he's making adjustments. What is he doing to make adjustments? Did he look at video? Did he look at this? So that adjustment I could have made for him probably, um, you know, a month and a, a month ago. You know, when the season started, like it's very obvious he's getting he, he was missing. I'm not going to say get getting beat because he wasn't going to be. He was missing belt high fastballs, right? Or top of the five fastballs. He was missing pitches up. So his adjustment that took him a long time to make was I'm going to raise my hands up. So he hit a home run last night. It was the first home run I've ever seen him hit. I've probably seen it on video, you know, 100 home runs that he's hit, right? It was the first one where it looked like and I don't know what was going through his head, but going through my head, I would have been like, I'm going to stay on top. I'm going to stay on top. I'm going to stay on top. Right. Like that's the adjustment I'm making because I'm going under everything. I'm going to keep my hands up. I'm going to try to hit the top of the ball. I'm going to do whatever. If we look at that home run and maybe, you know, we can put it through, I can send it to you, but it's his hands are up way, probably three or four inches higher at launch. At first I thought, Oh, he's going to lift his hands up. It's not going to change anything. That was my first thought when they said, oh, he's going to raise his hands in his stance. I'm like, that's cosmetic. As soon as he strides, he's going to pull him down where he's comfortable. Well, he didn't. And that's why I know he was thinking, I got to keep him up. I got to keep him up. It's a very controlled swing he took. And this is last sure, night, just to be clear, right? This is like, last night. So this right. would have been the 30th of April. Right, right. Year of Barb our Lord, 2021. 55th wedding anniversary. Yesterday was my parents' 55th. Oh, congratulations to them. Oh, yeah. That's tremendous. Well, it's um, it's like how like my mom is a saint like to be married to big mike for that long that's what i say about to my mom about my mom to my or that's what i say about my mom living with my dad right yeah and someday someone will say that about your wife probably not i'm i'm fine i'm as as close to perfect as possible go ahead (laughs) Anyway, so if we slow that down, he stayed on top. It was the mo- most I've ever seen him. And this is great. I guess you can kind of see that video here. But People can see now. He yeah, pulled yeah. his hands forward this way. Yeah. I have never seen him. Usually I see him go here and then it kind of turns that way. And it was the first time I saw him kind of pull his hands forward, pull the knob out in front, a la Vlad Guerrero Jr. Oh, okay. I was, I was thinking of somebody. Yeah, I mean, it took me a while to mention my guy's name. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got something on my guy, though, uh, later in the show. Go ahead. Yeah. So anyway, I was really excited to see that um, mm-hmm. with Aaron Judge. So no he, so the, you know more. Bar- he didn't barrel dump for those listening. No, he, he didn't, he didn't drop his. He stayed on top of a high pitch. I thought it was fantastic. And, and that's the adjustment that he made. So a good a good hitting coach. And I would try to pride myself on that. Yes, uh, because it is a terrible terrible job you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. i'm I meaning at, at a big league level it's a really it's a really tough job yeah. like you're if the team doesn't hit it's all your fault um you work you know you know the, the guys show up for for ball games at you know say two o'clock three o'clock for a seven o'clock game 
you know, so they're, they're working long days, right? They're, they're there eight hours a day. Well, coaches are there for like four hours longer than that. You know, they're working right. 10, 12 hour days and you know, they're not getting paid anywhere near a player would get paid and they're doing a lot of work. Um, so it's a very, very tough job, but a good hitting coach sees where these issues may be, right? Like I told you, I, I, if judge is going to miss, he's always going to miss one way. Right. Like that's what it is. He always misses under. He always stacks too much over his back leg. He always loses the barrel a little bit early. And if he's late, he pops it up. If he's on time, he hits a fly ball to right field that goes 380 feet. And then if he's just a tad early, he's going to top spin something to the pull side. Right. That's how his swing plate is set up. So how can we flatten that? Well, we raise the hands and finish lower. Instead of lowering the hands and finishing higher, we raise the hands and finish lower. It's totally what he did. He started to pull the knob out in front more instead of just turning it underneath. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a good hitting coach makes that adjustment. Now, not only does a good hitting coach see that and know what the fix is, but a good slash great hitting coach knows how to communicate it. Yeah. And um, I, I don't know, so I'm not taking um, – you know, I, I don't know. I know their assistant hitting coach, PJ Pelletier, is he was my roommate at Fullerton. Like, he's one of my favorite guys ever. Like, what a great kid. And he's Italian, so, you know. Wait a second. You just called him a kid. He's your age. Well, he's not. He was a – that's funny. Um, I did he's call not. him a kid. So, when I was a senior, he was a freshman, and we ended up being roommates at Fullerton in an apartment. So, he was always a kid to me. Well, how did he become roommates if he was just a freshman? I don't know. He wanted to move out. Okay. It's Fullerton, man. We didn't have dorms. No dorms in Fullerton. Oh, we had an opening. Yeah. PJ needed a place to live. Yeah. Boom. Roommate. PJ get Never. a lot of girls. Was he a ladies' man? I think eventually he was, but I don't even know if he was shaving yet at that at that time. All right. Yeah. Well, PJ, no. if you if of does PJ he listen? He's Italian, right? Does he listen? I don't know. PJ, if you're if you're Probably listening, not. I mean, he's kind of got a you know busy schedule. I'm sure every day. Yeah, but you can always squeeze in some time to listen to the lab. PJ, if you're listening, I uh, just want to let you on behalf of of App. I wanted to apologize for him calling you a kid. You're a grown man and a great hitting instructor and great. Hitting <laughs> he's a grown ass man. He's a grown ass man. He's a grown ass man. <laughs> anyway, so I mean, I know PJ. I saw him a couple years ago at Yankee Stadium, and it was like. Before batting practice, he was nowhere to be seen. Then he came out on the field for a little bit, and then he's like, all right, Epp, I got to go. Like, I got to go. The, the, the guy wants to hit some more. You know, he was talking about Stanton. Like, it just works. So, I mean, he's nonstop. I think the only time PJ has time to kind of reflect on what's going on in life is probably during the game. Mm-hmm. And that's likely limited, right? Yeah. <laughs> to, yeah. to when they're on defense. So, yeah. um, you know, anyway, I don't know. And I'm trying to think of the other hitting coaches. Why can I, I think of the other – Marcus, no, was it Marcus? Is it Marcus Timms? It might be Marcus Timms. It is Marcus Timms. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, and I don't know him personally. I do know that they have – is Nevin still the third base coach? Phil Nevin is still the third base coach. Reggie Willits, I think, is still the first base coach, in case you're wondering. (laughs) They have, like, three Fullerton guys on staff. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, but Fullerton's known as a pitching school now. Yeah, well, Harkey, Harkey's there. He was a pitching. Right, right. Yeah, ever since Nevin left, Nevin and Kotze and App, no more hitters. Right. Mm-hmm. No, just kidding. They've probably had one or two. One anyway, or two, I digress. I, so yeah, but you know what's coach. funny about that? They haven't had many hitters at the major league level who've made it to the major league level. A lot more pitchers. Fullerton? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Justin Turner hasn't done very well. All right, that's one guy. 
And you know what? He he, one guy. <laughs> what about Michael Lorenzen? He's a pretty good hitting pitcher. <laughs> he is though. Who would you take, Lorenzen out of these three? Lorenzen, Granky, Stroman. If you needed a pitcher to hit, bases loaded, two outs, Game Seven of the World Series, and they said you can only throw up a pitcher up there. Who would you take out of those three? Mad Bum. I, that's not an option. Mad <laughs> Bum's not available. Um, probably Grinky. Grinky, very good. I would take Grinky too. Gritty, Although Stroman did double last night, put a pretty good swing on it. Um, poor, yeah, poor kid. He. Uh, one pass, one pass ball. It was ruled a wild pitch. Should have been a pass ball. One pass ball slash wild pitch. It was a pass ball called, in my book. You just called him a kid. Right. Well, he's my age. Uh, he, okay. So getting back to, I'm, I'm going to wrap up the judge. One thing. pass ball and he, and he suffers the loss. His ERA is at 1.86. Stupid Mets. Go ahead. No. Was the catcher on one knee? Oh, uh, it was James McCann. He got crossed up. Although oh. that sequence, uh, we can get into that some other time. That sequence cost Strohschel. Yeah, that's bummer. Yeah, he was facing the pitcher. He should have just won. Whatever, go ahead. Just let him go, man. Yeah, let it go. Don't get cute. Right. He got cute. Very cute. I was like, yeah. You know, sometimes the cute ones always turn out to be the ones, you know, on the inside. Go ahead. So finishing judge and the good hitting yeah. coach. A good hitting coach can convince that player they need to change. So the, the I, I, I'm pretty sure, like, I don't know, but I would I, I pretty much bet the Yankees are like, Dude, you kind of drop your barrel too much. Kind of swing uphill a little bit too much. Maybe you hold a little bit too much weight on your back leg. I don't know. I'm thinking they're seeing that. But how can they convince him to make that change? Well, here's what happened. He had to fail miserably. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he's like, okay, now I'm 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 exposed, right? I'm down, I'm down, you know, I'm I'm not feeling good about myself. How can you help me? Oh, maybe we try this. Here's some options. Here's some ideas on how you do it. Where a trustworthy hitting coach that has a good relationship with a player says you need to do you need to do this and you need to do it right now. And if you don't, it's going to be you're going to give away the next 30 at bats. And um, who knows who he listened to? Maybe it was uh, uh, maybe it, he did it on his own. Maybe it was the Yankees hitting coaches. Maybe it was uh, you know his buddy the uh, the teacher man. You know I don't, I don't know who yeah. told him to make that change, but um, he made it. It's mm -hmm. it's not a teacher man kind of move, that's mm -hmm. for sure. But whoever got him to do it, and even if it was in himself, he did a great job. And I hope it continues because if it does, mm -hmm. his swing really is good, Judge's swing. It just gets a little bit too much off track, if that makes sense. Like he drops it a little bit too soon and comes up. But he has good extension. He doesn't have any bat drag. He doesn't arm bar. He's very compact for a guy that's as big as he is. So this little change based on what I saw with that swing, mm -hmm. um, it would, and I, had, I didn't see the other swing. He had two home runs. The first one that I liked was a high pitch yeah. fastball and he hit it i think he hit it the other way but it was such an easy swing like it was it almost looked like a bp swing mm -hmm. it was that you know compact and smooth and easy with great extension if he continues to do that he's going to be a he's going to be a force yeah and you always Again. talk you always talk about how the higher pitches are so tough at times to get really get on plane with it's so hard and and you mentioned right there you have to have great hands that he that he got on plane with it so easily and hit it out of the park, hit yeah. it off the restaurant at Yankee Stadium, that shitty ballpark. 
I miss the old Yankee Stadium. So I got pneumonia a few years ago. Yeah. It was rough. Like that was real sick. And I swear right. I got it. I got it on the subway from the Upper West Side to Yankee Stadium. Yeah. There's a lot of probably a lot of diseases on on that. Yeah. Like, um so uh, the thing, you know, these league-wide struggles, though, and we're looking – I mean, Gleyber Torres is struggle, was or is or was struggling. I mean, everybody in the Yankees seems to be struggling. Everybody – I mean, you know, even Lindor a little bit is struggling. He's one of my favorite players, like, ever. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm looking, though, at, at watching game after game. You and I watch a lot of baseball. And I'm seeing hitters, major league hitters, consistently missing pitches that they should be hitting. And, you know, there's only so much rope you can give a hitter in saying, well, it's the beginning of the year and it'll come around. If you consistently miss pitches over and over again, you know, it's it doesn't it's it becomes a habit almost. It's not the, the excuses just go out the window. It's a game of adjustments. Yeah. I mean, it's a game of adjustments. That's why you, you have to be strong mentally. You have to have a good approach and plan to the plate. Yeah. I mean, I see it. It, with younger players too, you know, when we're trading at the lab and they're swinging under, you know, we will set up the fastball machine, right. With a higher spin rate. I mean, they just naturally have a higher spin rate coming yeah. out of those machines, you know, where it's only dropping like eight degrees coming mm-hmm. out of the machine. Everybody swings under it by like a ball. Yeah. Yeah. And so I show them on, I'll show you, know, Hey, I need you to make an adjustment. Don't swing down. Don't swing up more. Just swing higher. Mm-hmm. Like try to shave the top of the ball. And then they won't trust me. So then I show them a video of their barrel going under. I said, are you going to make an adjustment now? Or are you going to continue to fail? Mm-hmm. And they look at it and they say, okay. So I say, try to miss this ball. Try to swing over it by like four inches. Try to miss it. And all of a sudden they'll tip it. And I'm like, you still weren't high enough. Yeah. I'm like, okay, but at least I found it. At least I like felt it. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, boom, 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 five pitches later, they make that adjustment. That's the same as any good hitting coach at the major league level. Now, the difference is they're throwing different pitches. But if we know the pitch that we're missing, mm-hmm. if we know the pitch that we're missing, we're missing high fastballs. You're missing one of those every at bat. And you're mm-hmm. getting three of them, two or three of them every at bat. Let's make an adjustment. And then what will happen is judge makes his adjustment with his swing, which he did a good job with. And now all of a sudden they're going to start throwing him breaking balls that are down mm-hmm. and he has to figure out which one he wants to hit. Yeah, right. Am I right. going to stay on top of these fastballs? Cause I'm still going to get fastballs or am I going to start looking for breaking balls? Yeah. So his swing is more set up for breaking balls because breaking balls come down on a much steeper trajectory, right? Probably looking at like 12, 12 degrees, 14 degrees coming down versus six degrees on a fastball. Well, when you dump your barrel and swing up, you're kind of on plane for breaking balls. Right. So if people throw him like an overhand curveball, he's going to have success with it if he's looking for it with that swing plane. But they haven't been throwing him that, right? They've been getting him fastballs. So the key is, you know, are they going to start throwing him breaking balls for strikes? Yeah. And now all of a sudden, okay, they're throwing it for strikes. I'm going to look for it and I'll be fine. If they're throwing it for balls and you're looking for it, then all of a sudden you might you might start chasing. So you still have to be mentally mentally smart. Like, this is the pitch I get more of. 60% of the time, I get this pitch. I'm going to sell out when I'm in a slump, when I'm struggling, and I'm not doing well. Okay, that's what this this episode is about, right? Overcoming adversary, overcoming a slow start. Overcoming okay. slow starts, episode yeah, number 53. So, right, so we, we figure out, okay, what is that plan? I'm, I'm struggling. 
these are the percentages. I'm getting this pitch more often than not. That's the one I'm not going to miss. Mm-hmm. I'm going to sit on that pitch, sit on that pitch, sit on that pitch. I'm going to have a swing that hits that pitch. And all of a sudden I find a barrel. Yeah. So um, I had adversity my, my first year of uh, pro ball. So slow I, start. I, you had a slow start. I had a slow start. That's the title of this week's episode, Adversity. Slow start. start. So I, uh, you know, I finished up at Fullerton. We lose to Mark Pryor. A lot of people have in their lives, their careers. Yeah, man, Mark Pryor was good in college. Oh, man. Anyway, we lose to Mark Pryor. Uh, The game is over. Uh, I'm a senior. I'm crying, you know, uh, you know, waiting to get into the locker room to clean it out. Right. And then a couple of days later, I sign a contract, right? I go down to Angel Stadium, I sign a contract, yippee. And then I get on a propeller plane and I fly to Montana to play short season. So Wait, I get was up the there. propeller plane, like as in like the, the yeah. like it wasn't an actual real like flight. Oh, like you didn't fly out of like a real airport. Well, I think I flew to like on a jet to Salt Lake or something. And then from Salt Lake into Montana, into Butte, it was a propeller plane. So literally it was like, like that oh, kind yeah. of plane. Wow. Yeah, that's big in the Pacific Northwest, Jim, the propeller planes. I got to get out. Alaska Airlines, they, they have a whole fleet of these little propeller planes to hit the small towns up there. I got to get out. Uh, you, know, you know, there there are, there's an entire country west of the East Coast. I didn't know if you knew that. Or I, I did. I, I, I do. And I've been, I've been out to the, to parts of the country i just i, I didn't maybe i you're you know, not a true I, new yorker I, then you're not a true new yorker i have to uh, i have to i have to become more global i guess i have to learn more about this great country i have to learn more i i didn't know that a plane that people fly planes still with propellers like it's 19 you know fucking very fuel efficient again. so very, I, I, I there's things i have to learn things i don't know i'm admitting it i, I you know uh, what are you gonna do it's you know, like you, i have it's, people you know, you get in the, stuck in, in Florida city. and with the nice weather and sometimes you're just like, ah, propeller planes, you know, what are you going to do? Propeller planes and snow. I don't need that. No, I haven't seen snow in years. Yeah. Nor do I want to. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I don't I know what we were talking about. We were talking but about yeah, your propeller planes. So I get plane. on the plane. I land. I sleep on a couch. Um, I wake up the next day, go to the park. You know, don't play. Here's your uniform. Work out with the team. And this team's already been together, right? So college guys come late. High school guys are already there. Latin players are already there because they came straight from spring training. This this season doesn't start till um, usually June. Mm-hmm. And I Rookie got ball, there right? or maybe yeah. mid-May. Anyway, I got there, you know, three weeks after. All the college guys kind of come later. So you join the team and whatever. So the first game, I get in uh, a day or two later, and I – you know, go one for three or something like that. I'm like, hey, first pro hit. Yeah, look at me, right? Feeling good. And then I sit, I sit for a couple of days, and then I get another game. And then anyway, so I think I've talked about I had to lie to play third base. Uh-huh. I think I spoke about that in an episode. So first baseman's hot. Yeah. He's hitting like 400 the for other first base. I'm like, I'm not going to play. He's younger than me, and he's hitting 400. So I end up getting spot starts for 40 at bats, right? So playing every third day, every second day, I'm and, and my average keeps going down. So by the time it reached its worst, it was two for 40. Hmm. So if you do the math on two for 40, want me to do it or point, no? Point zero five zero. Okay. Like I'm not even on the interstate. Okay. Yeah. So the interstate is you know like one something. You know. I-95, I-25, whatever it is. So I'm, I'm like, and I got people heckling me, old ladies heckling me yeah. in the stands. I get to look at my my terrible average every time I get in the box. So anyway, 
I hit a meaningless line drive over the shortstop's head. I mean, it was a bullet in the left field of a meaningless game. Mm -hmm. And from that point forward, I hit over 500 the rest of the year. Mm -hmm. What, what was it to this day? I don't know what it was. It was the fact that I felt what that barrel was like, (laughs) you know, it felt so it was just soft. I, I, I mean, I could still feel it. Like it felt that good because the monkey was on my back. And so, you know, what was, I, I was young, I was stupid. I didn't know how to overcome adversity. I didn't know how to get rid of that slow start. Mm-hmm. Right. How do you get rid of the slow start? You know, you, you practice more. That was one of opportunity. I needed to play more. Not only did I get hot, but somebody got hurt. And instead of playing every third or fourth day, I get to play every day. So there's different ways of, you know, overcoming those slow starts. Sometimes it's laying a bunt down, yeah. you know, pushing a bunt, getting on base, feeling good about yourself. Um, but I would say more than anything, if the swing is good and you're not hitting, it's all approach and figuring out what pitches you're getting and, 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 and why we're missing them. Are we late? Are we early? What is our tempo like? So it's usually approach. Now, in some cases now today with, you know, a lot of big leaguers trying to just hit balls in the air, it, it's swing oriented. You know, most big leaguers typically came up. I'm not going to say they came up like Vlad or Bichette or Yelich. You know, they came up with good swings, you know. But they came up with, I think, better overall mechanics. And their swing plane, the flatter your swing plane, typically the more contact you're going to get. So most people were taught that. And sometimes to a fault, they were taught to swing down too much, right, down through the ball. But airing closer to that versus the dump, and getting underneath and getting that knob up too quick, it was a much better process. That's why you saw guys come up to the big leagues. They didn't have any power. So if you look back, you know, 15, 20 years ago, all these great players, you know, they hit like six, seven, eight home runs in the minor leagues. Right. And then they get to the big leagues and it's like, you know, they hit three or four and then they hit 10 or 12. And then all of a sudden Dale Murphy's hitting, you know, 20, 30 home runs a year. Right. Right. And that's just, that was the process. It's like, oh, okay, I have to sit back and swing up a little bit more. And my dad used to talk about it all the time. Yeah. Now you have guys in the minor leagues. Somebody just got brought up. Who just got brought up? Somebody got brought up and they were hitting, they were hitting 228 with, and they hit, they hit, I don't know if it was the year before. I think it was 2019, right? Because last year was kind of funky. But two, the, Keston Hira. Was it, was it Keston? Who? Keston Hira? No. No. No, it wasn't a Brewer, I don't think. It was a guy that hit 20. 28 home runs in the minor leagues and hit 236 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm like, nobody used to hit that many home runs in the minor leagues. Yeah. But they would hit 326 in the minor leagues and then yeah. they get brought up and they'd have to start to swing. So I think what happens is now all of a sudden guys are swinging up too much. Mm-hmm. They're dumping their barrel too much and swinging up. Mm-hmm. And then they get to the big leagues and they're having to flatten off where it used to be they were too flat or down, but they were still finding barrels just hitting low line drives at rockets all over, hitting for a high average. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, he'll grow into more power. Yeah, I was going to I was wondering, uh, let me uh, jump in here really quickly. So why why was that? Why did that used to be the case? Because, you know, I a lot of it's you, proje- Jim, I just told you why it was the case. A lot of it's projection, you know, but. I mean, guys used to hit three, four, like you mentioned, three, four home runs and then hit like 346 in the minors. And then they all of a sudden, a few years later, when they're in their prime, they're hitting 30 home runs. Is it all just a simple fix in their swing plane? I mean, my dad used to say, guys, you know, you surround yourself with guys that have been there. Yeah. You know, and and that's kind of the thing. Or is it the strike zone that gets smaller? 
the at the major league level, right? At the strike zone, is, some people say that hitting at the major league level is easier as compared to hitting, say, the minors or an amateur baseball, college, whatever. Yeah, I, I would agree with that in the terms of the balls are way harder, the ballparks are way smaller. Yeah. The athletes are bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, and the strikes are smaller. However, the ball moves a lot more in the major league level. <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, guys move it, they spin it, they of throw course, it harder, yeah. whatever. Um, so my, my dad used to say they're surrounded by guys that have been there. So, you know, like Charlie Blackman, for instance, would be a prime example. Mm-hmm. He, when he came up, he, you know, we could look at his stats. Where's our guy, Jimmy, can you pull up the stat? Oh no, it's it, not Jimmy. That's it's not you. Jimmy. That's my name. Oh, uh, our, our intern, Tommy, right. Tommy, Tom, right. Tommy, pull up the stats on uh, Blackman in there. Okay. Yeah. So you want me to text you know, him I don't and remind what him? He, what he hit in the minor leagues in terms of home runs, you know, yeah. did he ever hit more than 20 home runs in the minor leagues? I don't know. But it took him a few years. You know, he gets brought up and all of a sudden, you know, Helton's here, right? There's guys that, that juice baseballs and like, oh, wow, he seems to be, you know, maybe he sits back a little bit more. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't quite get on top as much. You know, maybe he finishes a little higher coming up through the ball, whatever it might be. And they make these small, subtle adjustments. And that's how the game was for a really long time. Um, and now it's like guys try to fast forward that move. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden now it's like, oh, it's good to sit back and swing up. And they yeah. start doing it when they're 10. Right. And then by the time they're 14, it's too much. And then they might not be playing anymore, but the really good athletes are still playing. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And it, and it kind of goes from there. Like I remember gosh, watching games with, with my dad college, when college baseball first started to be really televised, it usually wasn't until the college world series, you know? So if we go back, you know, 15 years, 20 years and the college players, they used to, or uh, they used to swing down a lot. Oh, and the same was the minor league. We watched the minor league all-star game, like the double yeah. a all-star game sure. and guys would still be coming forward and have a one-arm finish, like a Hereniac move. And this would have been like, you know, in the early two thousands, yeah, right. Yeah. When guys are bombing, balls right i mean there was some sluggers and steroids and all kinds of crazy stuff but you still saw in the minor leagues guys coming forward and swinging down and all of a sudden the tables and so those guys that would come forward and swing down that were really good all of a sudden they would start to sit back once they got to the big leagues and they were surrounded by chipper jones or fred mcgriff or whoever it was that was playing and they would change and i think now it's just the opposite now you have guys that sit back too much and it's it's harder to go from that move Mm -hmm to flattening off than being flat and swinging up more. I mean, I say it every day in the, in the, in the lab, you know, Matt and I will be chatting and we'll have like one kid out of a hundred that comes in. That's actually swinging down, chopping down. And we're like, wow, you're the one guy that swings down. Yeah. And now we got to get you to sit back more. Like we're trying to get every other buddy, everybody else that's doing this, their first move and their front shoulders shrugging up and left. We're trying to get them to do what you're doing. Right. What you're doing is too much the other way. So the tables that turn, it probably used to be, I mean, when I first started teaching in the early two thousands, it was probably 80 to 90% players that were swinging down and coming forward. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's probably 90% of amateur players that, collapse and swing up too much yeah all right well uh we'll get into how analytics has played a part in all of this struggle and i think it has maybe you know maybe i'm wrong people will probably disagree um the struggle being the slow starts that seems like everybody is experiencing right now in major league baseball but we do want to remind you of course to like and subscribe to the podcast for new episodes on mondays at 9 a.m on our youtube page the lab epstein hitting 
podcast. That's the name of the YouTube page for those who don't know who are listening on the audio side on maybe like Apple, Google, Spotify, Pandora, Stitcher, whatever. I mean, you know, just want to let you know that we we do have a YouTube page. I have to ask you, do you believe in soulmates? <laughs> that was such a long pause on the screen that they, well, I, I, you know me, I'm the best to ever do this. So I, I will tie right. it together. Do I believe in You're the soulmates? screen though. You were staring at me. I thought the screen like froze for a second. Yeah. Do you believe in yeah. soulmates? Are you a, um, uh, so there's I, a story. I, I would say no, because I've never said that I believe in that one person. I think there's multiple people, right? That's why I said soulmates, plural. Oh, soulmates? Yes. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. Yeah. So um, I, I was reading a story. Uh, this is like a week or two old, though, um, that Bo Bichette's parents met in the same warehouse across from Fenway where Bo hit a ball off that warehouse a couple of weeks ago. So don't tell me soulmates don't exist because they do. Don't tell, tell me that there's not magic and all that. No, there is. I mean, come on now. I hit a game-winning home run and met my wife. She was at the game. Really? Yep. But yeah, that's good. Greatest day ever. Found the ball actually the other day going through some old stuff. Right. It was walk off right. home run, blah, 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 date. She was at that game. And then I went and uh, celebrated with some teammates. Mm -hmm. And um, she was working at the Outback. And Boom. she was a waitress or what? Yeah. Yeah. I good. mean, how long ago was that? 1999. No, 2000. 21 years ago. She probably doesn't even remember that you had the ball. I didn't have it with me. I wasn't walking around. Hey, look at me, everybody. Right. I mean, I, I did walk into the... They were carrying me into the restaurant, I'm sure, my teammates. Sure? I'm give, sure. Give a phone call. Tell, tell, can you tell Tommy to get that for us, please? Tommy, line two. I know we, we have... Uh, uh, I know that uh, a certain daughter of yours wants to be our intern as well, Vivian, so... Yep. Yeah, well, Viv and I were watching the uh, Missouri softball game yesterday because yeah. Missouri was playing. Um, who did they play? Florida, who's number three in the country, and one yeah. of my players, Shomo Cassie Shomo, is a left fielder at Missouri, mm -hmm. which is pretty cool to see. And they have a great complex, like Missouri softball. Like they do it right, and they're good. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's why they have a good complex. Maybe Probably. if they invested in the in the baseball complex, they would have better turnout with players too. Yeah. Anyway, Viv says, maybe I should go to Missouri. Good mm. softball and journalism. Mm. I was like, yeah, they're like the number number one journalism school in the country. There we right. go. There we go. Or you can just learn from my, my buddy Jim. He'll you can just watch Jim. He'll teach you, Tommy he'll teach the you every single thing. No, Tommy doesn't know anything. Tommy's a shithead. <laughs> Uh, so by the way, come up with that stat yet? Um, yeah, I know he. Yeah, that's why we got to fire him and promote Vivian. Um, Tommy just doesn't want to learn. What are you going to do? Sometimes you got you have those employees, right? That's right. No, uh, I was watching um, a college game last night, Friday night. Again, we're doing this on okay. Saturday, people. Okay, well, at least for this week. And um, it was uh, Oregon State, UCLA. And I thought of Garrett Mitchell, your guy, my guy, yeah. another guy, by the way, that I was right about. So let's see. I'm right. I was right about Garrett Mitchell. I was right about Bo, Vlad, Tariq, Hazley, Monia. The list goes on and on for me. I don't know about you, truthfully. But uh, Garrett Mitchell had a great spring training. Am I right? With the Brewers. Yeah. Yeah. When you know, guy. you know. When you're good, you're good, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, he, some people said that, you know, certain that, yeah, you know, he's in and and I said, nah, he's not in and nah, he's pretty good. <laughs> anyway, that was, I did watch some college baseball last night. Um, so you do believe in soulmates, which is good too. Um, yeah, soulmates are good. Um, there's a uh, debate that was raging Cajun on Twitter over the past like two weeks um, about using a T against using soft toss or front toss. And I'll get your opinion on that. I'm not a big, as I've said before on the show, and when we when you worked with me, I'm not a big T guy. My chin would always get stuck in my back shoulder, prevented me from rotating, but I just didn't really like the T. I liked more of the movement of the ball in the air, whether it be soft toss or front toss. Some people swear by the T. Other people say, ah, the T is overrated. I'm kind of on that end of the spectrum, although I'm not completely against the T. So what is your opinion on T versus soft toss slash front toss? I like the T. Mm-hmm. I like the T for simplicity, especially when I'm changing something with a player and they're cognitive, they're mm-hmm. conscious of that that change or that thought. I use yeah. the T a ton for that. Top hand stuff, bottom hand stuff, isolating the upper body, not the legs, you know, if somebody's spinning. So I use it in transition. So T would be, you know, the ball's not moving, right? So it's the easiest. And then we transition to front toss, which is, okay, I can kind of still think about my same stuff. They're just flipping it. Um, And then the next one would be BP, the next stress level. And then after that would be, you know, velocity coming at them. So depending on where they are in the, in the, in the learning process of their swing, that's where we, we make adjustments. So, but I think for tees, I think every, every player and every kid should have a tee and a net and hit in the driveway on a daily basis. That was me looking at my child that plays softball. And what is she doing? Staring at you or what? Vivian. She's like, what? Why are you calling me out right now? Does she want no, to, but is I she going to make every, an appearance? Is she going to come in front of the camera and say hello? She's our intern. We let interns on the air. intern, Viv, by the way, for journalism. This is your journalism training. Yeah, I got a thumbs up. I don't think she's camera ready yet. No, okay. That's okay. Camera ready. It's early here in Colorado, you know, on the weekend. Right, right. She probably hasn't had breakfast. We got a big game today. Big game. Big game. Yeah, big, big game. game. So we'll definitely oh, hit off the luck. tee and warm up first. The whole Epstein hitting podcast community uh, wishes her good luck today. Thank you. Sun is shining, I see, in the back. So oh, it's, it's beautiful. Like, Gosh, it was 80 yeah. degrees yesterday. The trees yeah. have sprouted. My lawn mm-hmm. looks good. Yeah. I think it might snow tomorrow, though. So you're for the T. You're for, uh, by the way, uh, you're for the T? I am for the T. Yeah. So, um, but I know what you're saying. Like, if the T causes problems, the T is no good. There are players out there yeah. where I'm like, T is not good for you. Yeah, it's because their the head drops so much and it locks in their body. Yeah. Uh, he's no good for me. Still isn't to this day. Um, but the uh, thing I wanted to bring up with you, uh, the Rockies had a, uh, speaking of snow, they had a, a management change. How are you feeling about that? It's a good, uh, it's a good topic. My, our intern just sent me something, the weather forecast. Yeah. Uh, intern, I actually need uh, Charlie Blackman's minor league stats. Mm. Search it up. Okay, so British. Mm-hmm. What would be really funny to me mm-hmm. is if they hired if they hired you as the GM. <laughs> I didn't go to Harvard. Yeah, uh, right. Of course. British gets a job 
with the Cardinals. Because Harvard's the end on and your Ivy League is the end all be all. That's why the product is so great now, right? Yeah. That's right. Because everybody, everyone went to the Ivy League schools and crunches yeah. numbers, right? Yeah. yeah but, no, hey, we got to move the mound back. That'll make that'll make young younger people watch. You should ask you should ask Viv, our intern, if she would watch the game of baseball more if they move the mound back. I guarantee <laughs> I know what she would say. Go ahead. Uh, anyway, if British gets a good job with the Cardinals after making a trade, if British gets a $50,000, million signing bonus to yeah. take a job with the Cardinals for the Arenado deal, right? That would right. be awesome. So a little uh, cut, a little percentage of the Arenado deal. So I don't know. I don't know the ins and outs of it. I don't know. I know he and Arenado apparently didn't get along, right. but I will tell you that I don't think it's British. I think it's the ownership. Okay. It doesn't matter who the GM is here. The ownership does the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, he puts the kibosh on. Now, British, they've made some terrible moves. The first being that um, the guy they overpaid, Ian Desmond, like that. I don't, I don't even know. When that happened, I was like, this is the stupidest trade ever. Yeah. Not only did they not have a position for him, but they overpaid the heck out of him. Yeah. And he really only had like one or two good years under his belt. They gave him a huge, huge contract. Um, so I don't know. I mean, yeah, people pitchers this and pitchers that good pitchers do well here. Yeah. Like you could, everybody strikes out now. So all you gotta do is throw hard and throw up. You're not going to give up a lot of home runs of course field anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. if you're a good pitcher, it doesn't, it doesn't matter where you are. Like Bauer could come pitch here and do well. Yeah. Like, cause he's gritty. He's tough. Yeah, so, you know, they, they, he, he didn't make good moves. He, he never, I'm trying to think of a good move that he, that he made where we got, really good prospects wait a second we when do you play for the team well no i'm just live here right but you don't play anyway. for, you don't play for the team boy that just showed my colors that i deep down i am a rockies fan right and you don't even work you don't even work for them you work for another I don't team even work for them yeah but you don't play you right. know that you don't play like i hear like like a lot of fans like especially like i don't know i hate to pick on them but like eagles fans you know i don't know Cardinals fans, right? They all they right. say, you know, hey, we we had a great week or we had a great game or we got to do this. We got it's like you don't play for the team, stupid. I'm not calling you stupid, but you know, he just called me stupid. I don't even. Like I didn't call you stupid. I didn't. I call don't even you. watch their games. I didn't. I, I didn't watch. call you. I didn't call you stupid though. I said Dude, they're I said stupid. We. You said yeah, we. I'm, and I'm correcting you. I'm just correcting you to make sure so you so you sound more efficient because you yes. don't, and you, I don't want to get you in trouble. You don't work for them officially. I'm trying to get stats here. Yeah. Oh, oh, there she is. Video. She just made an appearance. Our intern. Video, Viv. Um, Black be sure to minor fi- league fall history stats. I clicked on this. See if you can find me. Colorado Springs. How do you do in Colorado Springs? She's she's gonna hate us by like tomorrow. By like uh, three years ago. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast. Did I already use that? I already said that. Uh, follow us on social media. Whatever, Jim Tara and. Ep hitting Epstein hitting yep. Instagram, Twitter, and uh, Jimbo podcast 21 at gmail.com for all your questions. Uh, by the way, according to, I have, I pulled up the stat on my phone. Um, uh, according to fan graphs, Chris Bryan is swinging at this is from Buster only, by the way, at a significantly lower amount of pitches out of the strike zone this year, 30.5% in 2019, 25.9% this season, which is a career low. So I, I guess that explains why he's off to a fast start as opposed to all of his teammates. So what caused uh, that? I'd love to know what caused that. Yeah. 
you know, know. I mean, is I would it, think you would know. I don't know. Does he have? Well, no. I mean, somebody made. A, did they do a, a tracking drill? Did he get new contacts? Did he get LASIK? Is he taking away part of the strike zone? So he used to be susceptible to pitches breaking balls down because he hit the pitch down so well. So mm-hmm. maybe he's now not looking down. Maybe he's looking up more, and that helps him lay off pitches in the dirt that he's not swinging at more, which yeah. would make you more susceptible to high fastballs. So if somebody's listening to this, maybe he's going to start swinging missing high. I don't know, but I wonder what you know the um the numbers actually are for mm-hmm. that. Like what, what he did differently. I will say I have some numbers. Okay. Uh, from, is this Blackman. from, from Blackman? Yeah. In the minor leagues. So in he hit uh, two home runs his first year mm-hmm. in 321 plate appearances. Wow. In 616 plate appearances, he hit seven home runs. Wow. But wow. he hit 338, 307, 297. Yeah. I mean, he hit 300, 289 one year. Mm-hmm. Where'd he go? Where's Pacific Coast League? So there's Colorado Springs. I may have gone too far. Now I don't have the thing. But, yeah, I mean, what a perfect example of a guy. See if you can look up how many home runs he hit in Colorado Springs. Yeah, it'll be one of his last. No, those years. were those were great statistics because it goes back to your point earlier about how all of a sudden guys hit more home runs, and I think a lot of people wondered that. Yeah, why do well, guys he still hit more? Hits over three hundred. That's the best part of it. Right, right. He made exactly. a small adjustment. Yeah. versus having to make a wholesale change. And I wonder who 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 implements that adjustment? Teammates, no, your environment, team, yeah. hitting coach. I mean, what That's is what that? my dad said? My dad said it's it's teammates. They, you know, yeah. you all of a sudden he gets in a group with Helton, and and you probably don't remember Helton, but Helton used to sit back a lot, like on his Helton. backside. Yeah. How do I not remember? He he was part of my childhood. Well, I mean, the Rockies were televised all the time, you know, nationally. So, um. I do for those uh, for the record yes. people listening and watching. That's I do remember Todd Helton. Okay, he was one of my favorite hitters growing up. He was okay, Jeez. but I mean, you're surrounded <laughs> by guys. You're surrounded by guys that sit back and and launch, and all of a sudden it's like, okay, I'm hitting line drives, spraying them all over the park. I'm gonna try to hit this ball in the bullpen. Yeah. And all of a sudden, in order to do that, he's got to start to sit back a little bit more. And then it's like, wow, that felt really good. And then it becomes habit. Yeah. Um, and my dad had that his first year you know, in, in pro ball, when he got there, Frank Robinson was um, in his hitting group with mm-hmm. the Orioles. Mm-hmm. And Frank's like, Hey, you should really, you know, you got good power. You should try to do this, that, and the other. And, you know, guys start to make adjustments. Yeah. Before we uh, wrap up and get to our listener question here, I do want to ask, cause I heard J roll last night, Jimmy Rollins yeah. on the Phillies broadcast, J roll. Um, talk about colder weather with Ruben Amaro Jr., who was also on the Phillies broadcast last night, who, by the way, is a very underrated, uh, underrated, underrated evaluator. Um, they talked about the colder weather with Northeast teams and whatnot and how once the colder weather passes, bats start to heat up a little bit. Do you buy into that theory? If so, why do you believe that's the case? You feel good. You know, the muscles are a little looser. You're in a better mood. Yeah. It's not there. I I will tell you, there's nothing worse than knowing it's going to be 35 degrees when you're playing a baseball game and you're layering up, right? You got your compression 
tights on, you're under, you, you know, you're thicker and tighter. And then all of a sudden when it gets warm, it's like oh, spring is here, mm-hmm. right? The ball's flying because the wind has shifted, shifted directions. It's coming out of the south. Thank you. And I, I do agree with that. The ball yeah. travels a little bit more. The ball's got more bounce to it. But I think it's mostly mental than anything else. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. By the way, yeah, I, wanna... I think you just feel better. I want to give a quick uh, get well soon to Bryce Harper who got hit in the face yeah. um, the other night. Um, and he almost stopped it with his ninja-like reflexes. Did you I see know. that? Yeah, he like I did. almost got his hands up to 97 to block it. I, om- I, I also saw that he tweeted, or not tweeted, texted Genesis Cabrera and said, don't worry about it. So class act, Bryce Harper, get well For soon. Sure. I, know I'm, I know we are a little tough on him at times because he makes so much money, but it's not to say we don't think he's great. Uh, uh, we're just, I like him. I like him as a human. Yes. Yeah. Competitor. And, and of course, a uh, good classy human member folks. If you, if you hate certain players, they are fathers. Bryce Harper's a father of two young kids and you just, yeah. oh, he got hit in the face by 97. Very scary. Right. So. Could have ended his career. Right. Or his life. Yeah. Just God forbid. So thank God he's okay. And everybody's good. And he'll be back in a couple of days and whatnot. All right. Uh, let's get to our listener question here. And by the way, uh, I need help from our listeners. Jimbo podcast, 21 at gmail.com. I'm sure nobody's going to email me this answer to this question, which is fine. Whatever. I know you all hate me, but that's okay. So I'm not going anywhere, but I just, I just want to say, I don't know if I should get my mom, take a risk and get my mom for mother's day, a $60 massage envy gift card. Because if I do get her that massage envy is offering a deal where you get one free massage to go along with that. Seems like a no brainer to me. I don't know, but she gets mad when we get her gifts. Oh. So. Um, so email me in your answers or your say you bought yourself one and it was just the extra. I could. Yeah, I could. Okay. Um, driver. So she's your favorite kid. Um, well, I'm already the favorite kid. Oh. Um, that's so not true. <laughs> Our listener question. This comes to us, uh, from Jack from Paramus, New Jersey. He's emailed the show before loyal listener. Thank you, Jack. We appreciate that. Uh, via Jimbo podcast, 21 at gmail.com. Jim and Jake, I saw this on the MLB network and he's referring to a video of Billy Ripken talking about uh, launch angle earlier in the week uh, on the video side, unfortunately, because of copyright issues, I can't put it in on the video side. Um, Billy Ripkin, is he right or wrong about the slanting of the shoulders? Uh, a hitter would want to do that on a pitch down in the zone, but on a pitch up, he would want to keep his shoulders more level. Would that be correct? And again, that is from Jack from Paramus, New Jersey. Uh, loyal listener to the show. He's emailed before. Jack, thank you for the question. Yeah, he's right. Um, you know, a high pitch, typically your your shoulders are pretty close to the angle of the bat at contact. So if you slope your shoulders inward towards the plate 40 degrees, your barrel's going to be close to 40 degrees. Um, it's more with your spine. It's usually perpendicular to your spine, your bat angle and your spine. Um, but your shoulders are pretty close to that too, depending on people's anatomy. Uh, for me, it's like a ground ball. Okay, I'm a, I'm a defensive specialist as you know yes <laughs> okay so uh, fielding a ground ball it's much easier to start low and if the ball comes up react up to catch it right versus your hands here and all of a sudden you got to get down right so you're always taught from a young age stay low with your glove if it's a bad hop react up that's your adjustment you don't want to go from up to down well as a hitter you kind of want to have more 
if the you, you want to almost anticipate up and then as the pitch gets lower then you can start to tilt your shoulders more if you start with your shoulders really tilted in or your spine really tilted in and your barrel starts to get too low the only fix for that is to flip the barrel up so you can't make an adjustment if you're leaning in to cover say a knee-high pitch but that pitch is at the thighs top of the thighs or belt you have no chance but if you start out at a pitch at the belly button and all of a sudden you start to see that pitch sinking and getting lower and you need to drop your bat head more, the body, it's much easier for the body to tilt in more. And I believe that's what, what he's talking about. So um, yes, absolutely. That those are, you know, right on, on a higher pitch, you got to have flatter shoulders on a lower pitch. You'll, you'll drop, drop your shoulders a little bit more. Really quick. Uh, do you agree with what he was saying, Billy Ricken? Um, I don't know if I saw the entire clip. Okay. Do you want to refresh me on what he was saying? Um, about pretty much everything you just said. So. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I don't think I, I watched the whole clip. I just, um, you know, in terms of the question, you yeah. know, the shoulders, he, he Jack was Jack, right? From yes. Paramus? Yeah. Yeah, he was correct. Mm -hmm. um, thank you, Jack. So next week, um, speaking of soulmates, Bo Bichette is our uh, topic at hand because he we are doing a mechanical breakdown series on Mr. Bichette. Then we got some other stuff lined up, and then we have Ronald Acuna Jr. coming up with Mechanical Breakdown Series too. So uh, a lot of great things on our topics list throughout the summer here coming up on The Lab. Epstein Hitting Podcast. Bo Bichette next week. Can't wait. Yeah. Your guy. I like Bo Bichette too. Yeah, Vlad is like your soulmate. You love yeah. him. Though. Yeah, if I had a hitting soulmate, that would he would be it. He doesn't know it, but, you know. No. No, in case he, he may watch this, though. Yeah, I'm sure he will. Yeah. You have any plugs for the lab before we go? Summer camp's coming. Don't miss, don't miss out. It's going to be okay. a blast. Mm -hmm. I mean, kids of all, we're going to go probably like six to 12 year olds breaking out by age. We're doing fundamentals in the morning. Mm -hmm. um, you know, fielding, hitting, throwing fundamentals in the morning. We have a mm -hmm. quick little break, lunch break, and then it's game on. We got dodgeball games. If it gets too hot, we mm -hmm. go in the gym. We're going to have wiffle ball games. We're going to have over-the-line games. We're going to mm -hmm. have sandlot games. It's going to be a blast. We'll do that in the afternoon. Home run derby, obviously, we have two hit tracks now at the lab, so we get all kinds of home run derby games, you know, inside. So, yeah, camp season's on us. All right, Thanks. well, uh, good stuff. Good stuff. And uh, you got to go, of course. You have to go do. do some softball stuff. I got to take a piss. So we're finished, everybody. We'll see you next week. <laughs> see you later. Bye-bye.